Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jer McCarthy, and you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter accounts at JerMcCarthy74. This week's guests include Irish Hockey International, Roisin Upton, who looks ahead to an exciting year for Irish women's hockey and the growth of her sport at underage level across the country. Cork LGFA Charter Physio, Sinead O'Regan, joins us on the Big Red Bench to discuss working with the country's elite footballers. And it's a massive weekend for the address UCC Glanmire, who faced DCU Mercy in the 2022 Paddy O'Connor Women's National Cup Final. I caught up with address UCC Glanmire's head coach Mark Scannell and their Irish international Claire Melia. And finally, we've all reaction from last weekend's current account.ie All-Ireland LGFA Senior Club semi-final, in which Moran Abbey proved too strong for Leinster champions Dunboyne. We'll hear from both camps, including Moran Abbey's four-goal hero Laura Fitzgerald and captain Breed O'Sullivan. So that's all to come on this week's edition of the Women in Sport podcast. 2018 World Cup silver medalist and Irish hockey international Roisin Upton is gearing up for a hectic 2022. The Irish national team will host Euro Hockey Championship qualifier event in August, but before all of that, the Catholic Institute stalwart is eager for her club to make their mark in the Women's Irish Hockey League. Now, we are delighted to be joined on the line by Irish international hockey player Roisin Upton, uh, who's got... A very busy weekend ahead of her and about to become very busy on the international scene once again. Roisin, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thanks, Melger. Um, it, before we before we look forward, unfortunately, I want to just quickly look back. Um, the, the 2020 Summer Olympics, which were held this past summer um, in Japan, unfortunately didn't work out as Ireland would have hoped, uh, finishing fifth out of a six-team pool. But... Can I take it, or can I ask you, like, even though it didn't go results-wise and things didn't go the way Ireland would have wanted, you weren't that far away from possibly snatching a quarter-final berth. What are the kind of positives you can take out of those experiences and bring them into 2022? Yeah, I think, as you said, the goal would have been to get to a quarter-final, that's realistically. And that was a realistic target for us last year. And um, So we were disappointed that we couldn't get out of our pool. But I think, you know, looking back... Um, given everything that happened, one, we were obviously delighted that we made it there to our first ever Olympics. We were the only team out of the 12 that hadn't competed on Olympics before. Um, and then I suppose to, to follow up on that, then in October, after having a, a lot of people retire, uh, a lot of new people into squads have qualified for a World Cup, which will be our third major consecutive tournament, is phenomenal, something that we've never done before. So the real boost and the, the main thing that will take away from last year that we're competing with the best sides. You need to be competing with them consistently, especially when you're not in a pro league. Um, you know, the top 10 teams in the world are competing in a pro league every single year and we're not in that. So we need to be qualifying for the major tournaments to be competing against the best and hopefully, as you said, results will improve as years go on. Yeah, and that's the thing, Roisin. I mean, as, as disappointing as it was for you at 2020, qualifying for that comp- for the for the Olympics was a huge achievement in itself. But what you did in 2018, and I know it seems like a lifetime ago now because of COVID, but what you did in 2018, I mean, beating the United States, beating India, um, losing narrowly to England, and then going on to beat India and Spain and only come up short to a fantastic Netherlands team in the 2018 World Cup. I mean, those memories and those experiences, both for the players and the Irish international hockey, along with the people that watched you and along with a new army of supporters that you've gathered, these are huge things for hockey and for the future of hockey. Yeah, it's, as you said, it's hard to imagine. I was in it that it was almost three or, three or four years ago at this stage, three and a half years ago. Um, but definitely, I think, you know, we felt very much as if we were at home in Dublin for the entire tournament, uh, <laughs> such as the crowds that were flying over, streaming over as we progressed through the tournament. So it was, I think it was, a real pivotal moment in hockey. Um, 
being the first team to get Irish team to get to a World Cup final. Uh, people definitely hockey supporters went mad, but people definitely jumped on the bandwagon. And we've seen the growth and development of hockey back here in the at home. Um, you know, when new hockey clubs being opened. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's waiting lists in some clubs, something we want to get rid of. So we're trying to develop more coaches, all that side of thing. But it, it's all good problems. And you know, there's there's hockey clubs now popping up where you traditionally just have gas clubs or rugby clubs and. I think that's the most important thing for the youth in Ireland that they have options and they can try different sports, you know. Yeah, and you mentioned that the growth of it, I see it firsthand myself with my own daughter. She plays in, in Clonakilty and that's all it Clonakilty have traditionally been, you know, well represented when it came to women's hockey, but now the numbers are underage level and the other clubs around rural areas, especially, not just as you said, like in areas where there would be predominantly GAA clubs or, or soccer or basketball, now you are new clubs are forming and trying to get a foothold and trying to get off the ground and it's fantastic and I think it all goes back I know it's I keep saying it's been a while ago but that, that World Cup silver medal in 2018 watching on television the nearest I can I can remember was like an Italian 90 when it was just you know globally and nationally <laughs> Ireland went crazy you know we, we saw uh, examples of that with the Irish cricket team at, there at various times but never before with hockey so from your, from what you've said there, how important is it for Ireland to eventually get into that top ten and to play in the world league in the top league? I mean, is it's an aspiration, obviously that it's a target you want to achieve, but it's not not an easy one. Yeah, of course, and there's so many more factors outside of just actually qualifying. Um, you know, you're talking about having a national stadium, uh, having the finances that are going to you know support a program and support enough players to become full time for a full year that you're travelling. You know, you might be traveling to eight or nine different countries playing test games. Um, so it's a lot more than just qualifying from a performance point of view. But we do have the opportunity next December. There's quite a busy year ahead. Um, we've got the World Cup in the summer in July. Um, that's on in Holland and Spain. And then in August, we have a tournament in Ireland, which is really exciting. And that's to qualify for the European Division A. It's kind of a new loophole they brought in. So hopefully we should re-qualify. But um, it's all exciting to play on home soil. And then next December, we've got a World League process. So it's kind of, as you said, the teams that aren't in the top 10, but are in the next kind of eight, I think it is, playoff uh, to try to get a spot in that top 10 in the Pro League. And um, that's massive for us for ranking points. Uh, You know, we're going to be playing teams that are ranked in and around and near us. And the ranking points are going to be huge going towards Olympic qualification, which will be the following year. So it's, it's really busy and there's always something to play for. And certainly there is. And just an interesting point you made there about facilities. You studied um, at the University of Connecticut in the United States and were a very, very important member of their Connecticut Huskies team. That's a great name for a hockey team. Um, uh, when you were studying there, you won a lot of individual awards. Can I ask you what what kind of experiences, you, you know, the positive experiences you would have gained in Connecticut? And when you see what I would imagine would have been really uh, quality facilities, maybe I'm wrong, what can be achieved here in Ireland? It's not an easy thing to do, but there's been good news recently with Softco uh, announcing a major sponsorship for both the men's and the women's international teams. So things are moving in the right direction, but they need to move a bit faster, I would imagine. Yeah, I think, you know, anyone that knows anything about American sport, sport is like a religion to them over there. Um, from high school, like secondary school level to collegiate level, you're the funding, the facilities, as you said, you're treated as if you're a professional athlete and that'll be the closest that I'd, I'll ever get to being a professional hockey player just because of the access to everything you had, the facilities that you had. You know, they had a, a, was it a Title IX um, agreement that some people might have heard of 
um, that basically said that female athletes need to get treated and supported the exact same as male athletes. So in every college, you have the same amount of female um, scholarships as males and, you know, you get treated just the same as the celebrity basketball players that go on to the NBA or the NFL football players, you know, that are playing in college. You get treated the exact same. So it was a phenomenal experience. And I know a lot of Irish girls have, um, uh, a couple of court girls have gone out to to the States in the past couple of years and I've had a great time and I highly recommend people looking into it um, even if it's only for a year um, but as you said there isn't really a comparison in Irish sport I think in general and that's even at a professional level you know um, you can compare the real like Munster rugby the Irish rugby I don't even know if FAI are up to the same standards yes uh, across the board with their men and women but as you said you're just trying to make progress every year and we've been lucky to be sponsored by South Coast and just before the World Cup they came on board and it gave us such a big boost just to have that backing of someone so to see them now go on and um, sponsor the men it's brilliant and just does everything about the company and people involved Indeed it does Um, on the international side of things it's clear Roisin you're going to be extremely busy over the next 12 months and successful too we hope but at club level um, you are, are playing for Catholic Institute and you've got a huge game this weekend against Railway Union. What is it like going back playing for Catholic Institute um, you know, and, and trying in the EY Hockey League? And how competitive and how, how has that league developed over, pre, over the last couple of years or have you seen development or growth? Yeah, I think we're probably in the most competitive season that we've had in the EY. Um, for us, it's, our, it's technically our third season up in the EY but obviously we lost one there in the middle because of COVID. Um, and there's just huge excitement in the club. We're sitting in fourth in the league at the moment, but obviously it's, it's midway through the season and doesn't count for much now. But there's really nothing between the top seven or eight teams. Um, and it's the bottom two that get re- that are fighting for relegation. So it's really exciting. There's a great buzz in the club. Um, you know, you're playing the special thing about Catholic Institute and playing with a lot of girls that I started playing hockey with in first year in, in the Crescent Comp. And, you know, you grow up, you know each other well. People got to college, but a lot of the girls are back now. Um, so there's just, yeah, we've got a big squad of 19 or 20 and everybody's just pushing each other, having good fun. Um, I recently moved up to Dublin, so there's a great buzz coming home at the weekend, just catching up with everyone. Indeed, uh, a lot of commitment there to do that for your club, and I'm sure they're very appreciative of it. Um, Roisin, it's, um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and somebody, an international hockey player of your of your calibre and of your experience and we look forward to seeing the success hopefully as much success as possible um, over the coming 12 months it's been a bit of a roller coaster for Irish women's international hockey to put it mildly but I think the curve continues to, to, to move upwards and I think there's a lot to look forward to and a lot to be positive about as you said even at underage level as well we cover a lot of the interprovincials here on this show and just to see how well Munster and how num- the number of players now that want to get involved um, just to finish up I mean you must be it must be something for somebody like yourself who goes out and tries to promote her sport as often as she can. It must be a fantastic feeling to see, as you said, as much as we don't want to see waiting lists, but to see so many young girls trying to get involved in hockey. Um, the future looks very, very bright. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Um, as you said, at Munster, they're having great success in the girls on the boys' side. And the tournament has actually changed. So they're playing more often. The tournament, you know, it's only instead of four games in a weekend, it's, it's every couple of weeks. Um, which I think is good for development. And then, you know, I've teamed up with Yvonne O'Byrne, um, who you might know, took, also played in the World Cup, um, and Stuart Green, a guy in Waterford, and we now have a Munster Academy for under, you know, the developing ages. And we're, we're slowly catching up to what's happening in Leinster and Ulster, which is really important to me down here in Munster, because, you know, the more Munster girls we can get in an Irish jersey, the more Munster girls that, you know, we can just get playing hockey in general and 
getting to appreciate and love our sport, um, all the better. Indeed, and it's great to hear somebody like yourself and an international and still and playing playing to such a high level, talking so positively about our sport. Listen, Roisin, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Um, hopefully, here on the Big Red Bench, we can catch up with you again later on in the year and see how well Ireland at international level and at underage and provincial level are doing. Thank you very, very much for your time. Thanks, Major. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Chartered physiotherapist Sinead O'Regan is back with the Cork LGFA Senior Setup for 2022. I spoke to O'Regan about her chosen career path, an incredibly busy year ahead, and got some useful tips for GAA, LGFA and Camogie players who are training at this time of year. Now, I am delighted to be joined on the line by one of the busiest uh, chartered physiotherapists in the county, if not the country, and that is Sinead O'Regan. Sinead, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. How are you? Thanks, dear. Um, I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. Lovely to talk to you. Now, um, you are a, a chartered physiotherapist. You're extremely busy at this time of the year, but you seem to be extremely busy all through throughout the year because you're so good at what you do, Sinead. A lot of teams want want you involved. You're in demand. And can I ask you, first of all, just as we head into the early months of 2022, just how many teams are you likely to be involved with this year? Um, so currently, um, it is early in the year now again, but at the moment I'm back in with the Cork Senior Ladies Football Team this year for the 2022 season and I'm going to be back again with the Clonacliffe um GA Club as well and I literally got a call there I think it was at the weekend from Carberry Hurlers so I'll be back with them again this year um, as the year progresses you you just don't know what clubs you're going to be involved with or not because um, mm. there's always the, the physical community is a very small community we all know each other and we're even in a WhatsApp group there and there's always end up covering matches here there and everywhere for other physios and other clubs. So, um, you know, like last year, I would have started out with probably one or two clubs at the start of the year and before the year is out, you're in the up covering matches for a number of different clubs. But um, this year, I have a few um, things on the cards myself. Um, I'm going doing a hike there in September in the Himalayas and I'm hoping to do Chicago Marathon myself in October. So um, I need to have adequate time for my own training now this year as well. So at the moment, Cork Senior Ladies, um, Clonic Hill CGA and the Carberry Hurlers. Okay, so not content being a chartered physiotherapist and a busy, a very busy one at that point. Why are you going to the Himalayas on a hike, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I actually love hiking. Um, I did my first hike, as in big hike, in 2018. I actually went to Kilimanjaro in 2018 and... Honestly, it was the best experience of my life. So I actually did that 2018 and then I actually did Everest Base Camp in 2019. And this hike, which is Kanyetse 2, which would be the highest that I've done um, to date, it's over 6,000 metres, um, was supposed to be in 2020. But obviously with COVID and everything, then that was postponed to 2021. And now it's postponed to 2022. So hopefully that will go ahead in September. Wow, is the only answer. I mean, I, I, I'm i doing my best to get back into the gym and here you are, but off to the Himalayas on top of everything else you're doing. You're an inspiration already, Sinead. Can I ask you, you mentioned the Cork Senior Ladies Football setup under new management this year with Shane Ronayne. How did that come about and what is it? what have the early weeks and months been like working with Shane and the Cork Ladies Senior Footballers? Um, so how I actually originally got involved was um, a friend and colleague, Orla Coughlin, who's also a chartered physio, she was involved with them for the last number of years and in 2021 she contacted me um, and we would have just known each other from the as well from the, the West Cork I suppose 
sporting world. Um, I would have met her a lot of games and things as well. Um, so she asked me on board um, to work with her in 2021. Um, and then, as you know, um, Efi and his management team um, were gone and Shane was on board. So I wasn't really sure what was going to happen for the season ahead because I didn't know Shane personally um, prior to starting with them this year. So um, when Shane and was setting up his management, um, I got a phone call from him and he asked me if I'd like to be involved again for the season ahead. And so I obviously jumped at the opportunity. Um, loved being involved with the, the team last year. They're a great bunch. And, you know, as I said, when Shane rang me to ask me to be involved again this year coming, I was absolutely delighted. Yeah, this is a high performance unit, even though it doesn't say it on, on the outside of the, of the gate or the door. But the Cork Lady Senior Footballers, who I've been around for a few years now, the 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 training, the attitude, um, the determination, and and the and the and the eagerness, I would imagine, definitely even at this early stage of the year, Sinead, to get back to a semi final and and final next year. What are the kind of things as a chartered physiotherapist at this time of the year that you're watching out for in terms of injuries? Is is there a danger that players can overdo it, both GA and ladies footballers and camogie players, in the early months of the year? What are the kind of injuries that you you might come across? Um, so I suppose a big thing you, you'll see at this time of year is overload and I suppose not um, managing load correctly or allowing adequate recovery, I guess, because a lot of players will have had a period of time off after their club um, or after the inter-county season. So a lot of time, you know, you'd see that they're just trying to make up for lost time and going from zero to 100 um, as well and nearly overdoing it. So we actually um, have done some educational sessions with the girls um, online there in the last couple of weeks because we haven't been able to do collective sessions because of COVID. So we actually, um, I did a, a talk for them on um overtraining I guess and under recovery and how we manage that and even Louise in the team doctor did um, another one on you know return to play post-COVID um, as well which I think is is very um, important at this time and even the nutritionist Johnny Holland um, did a, a, a talk for them as well on um, you know the importance of adequate nutrition and fueling appropriately for recovery as well as performance so I suppose being involved in a high performance setup like um, Cork Ladies Football Team, it's you know it's great because it's a real multidisciplinary team approach. You have the coaches, you have the strength conditioning coach, you have the physio, you have the doctor, you have the nutritionist, and it's all of that together will you know benefit the players and get them back because you know even as a physio, if the athlete isn't fueling appropriately, then you know that's going to delay or prolong their recovery as well. And I suppose you are dealing with elite athletes, and they're so motivated and driven as well. They take everything on board. They follow things to a T. You know, so I always just say keep the line of communication open. You know, if you are feeling a bit stiff and sore, be sure to tell me or um, Paul, who'd be the strength conditioning coach, at before training. You know, so we can modify your training if needed. Whereas sometimes players might be afraid to say to us, "Oh, I'm a bit stiff and sore there." Um, because they might be afraid, especially this time of year when trials and stuff are still going on and they might be afraid they'd be dropped or, you know, might lose their place or that sort of, um, you, you'd see that a bit. That You know, I always just say, keep the lines of communication open. If you're a bit stiff and sore, we can modify your training on that night or maybe sit you out for one training session. And instead of turning an, a tightness into a three or four week injury, um, you you'll be back maybe after just missing one session. It sounds like a very collaborative 
uh, working environment for you, Sinead, in that Cork Ladies Senior Management team uh, set up, and it probably has to be. I mean, you've, you've a very important voice throughout the year when it comes to injuries and looking after players that Shane and the rest of the selectors will want to hear about. But would I be right in saying this time, this time of the year is actually one of the most important because the last thing Shane wants is any of the players picking up niggles or injuries by overdoing, like you were saying. Exactly. And even, you know, there we would have had to have made changes even already. Like I was doing an online Pilates program with them for the last six weeks. We were doing online once a week Pilates. And even just tonight, I've decided to change to a mobility session instead of Pilates because I'm after getting a few texts this week or, or even yesterday and today saying, you know, they're a bit stiff and sore because they're now back on the pitches. And there's been change of surfaces. They've been training on track. They've been training on the road they've been training on 4G pitches and then you know at the weekend they played a match on the pitch and the ground was really soft so you know there's girls complaining of you know might be stiff sore backs and things like that so you just modify as you go and again you know just keeping that line of communication open and I suppose if the girls hadn't communicated that to me we would have probably driven on with Pilates tonight whereas now we just modify adjust we do mobility and that would be more beneficial to them coming into you know training again at the weekend. Well, yeah, that sounds really interesting, and it's good, as you said, not only collaboration with the coaches and the selectors, but also with the players. It sounds like there's a very good open exactly, line of communication yeah. there. Um, can I ask you, I'll not just because I know players that listen to the podcast may not necessarily be working in a high performance environment like the Cork Ladies that you're very used to, but like for a club GA player, for a club ladies football player, for a camogie player, um, at this time of the year, what are the kind of things from a chart from a charter physiotherapist point of view, like yourself, what are the kind of things those type of players can do to help prevent injuries for later in the year? What are the kind of things they should be doing now to make sure that, like I know you said, not to overload, but the kind of things they can do to help prevent injuries? I think that the two biggest things that people can do across the board, you know, are sleep, ensure adequate sleep. Um, you know, I think it's the most underrated recovery tool there is, like aim for eight hours sleep a night minimum. Um, and then your nutrition, like your nutrition needs to be on point. You need to be eating, I suppose, adequately, like so getting enough fuel into you to um, for your performance and for your training, but also to, you know, have adequate fuel for recovery then too. And um, staying on top of your hydration levels, again, you know, kind of two litres minimum a day. Um and, you know, I, I guess as well, you know, stress management is, is a big thing as well. Like um, some people might have very stressful jobs. You know, we even have girls traveling quite a big distance to and from training, which can all take its toll as well. So I suppose stress management. Um, and again, you know, if you are feeling a little bit tight, maybe doing some stretching um, cross training, you know, so instead of maybe, you know, running all the time, maybe doing some swimming. Um, so just cross training again um, but the, the big ones and they're so simple is the sleep the nutrition hydration and again just listen to your body and you should never be really training through any pain um, so just listen to that and you know if you have a team physio just talk to them or your coaches if you don't and they might be able to best advise you maybe or send you to see someone um, to get on top of it sooner rather than later because sometimes players will leave something a tightness or just a bit of a niggle go for maybe four to six weeks before they say anything about it Whereas it's really these things should be nipped in the bud at the start. Yeah, again, that's a really interesting answer now because I wasn't expecting sleep, and I mean, obviously, sleep is usually important, and the stress levels, things you wouldn't actually think about when you'd ask a charter physiotherapist like yourself. My immediate answer is the physical from a player's point of view. Yeah. But, but you're right. I mean, you for for even and especially at this time of the year, rest is hugely important and hydration. And is it all about Sinead, from your experience? And this is just a layman's terms question now. Is it all about getting into good habits as a player, as a GA player, or as a sports person? 
man or woman, that you get into those good habits at the start of the year and you carry them through and you don't overdo it, as you said, especially if you pick up an injury. And I think, yeah, like that, that that's very true. But I suppose, again, it's not trying to overdo it or do too much like, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that because, again, you can nearly stress yourself out then being saying, oh my God, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not drinking enough water. My food isn't isn't on point. You know, I think just try and get the basics right. Like try and prioritize sleep. Um, aim for eight hours a night. You know, that probably won't happen every night of the week. Um, but, you know, just trying your best to implement the basics and then the rest will follow. Um, I have a friend there who does an awful lot of running. She was actually in the Olympics in marathon this year. I remember saying to her, like, how do you do so much mileage and, you know, not get injured? And she was like, sleep. She was like, sleep is just the number one. It has to be prioritized. And, you know, everything else will suffer if your if your body isn't optimized as regards, you know, energy levels wise and, and that comes down to sleep and nutrition. Well, that's about the best advice I could get at this time of the year. Thanks, Sinead, in terms of sleep and even trying to do the most basic fitness levels. Um, look, it's been really, really uh, enlightening talking to somebody like yourself, uh, a charter physiotherapist. Um, you're going to be very busy this year, like you were last year, if not busier again. I'm looking forward to talking to you later in the year because I want to hear about this Himalayan hike as as much as I want to hear how you're getting on. Hopefully the, it'll go ahead now. <laughs> oh yeah, well, look, we've all got our fingers crossed here. But listen, um, thank you very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Fascinating interview and a lot for a lot of people to take out of that interview uh, and from your advice as well. And listen, we wish you all the best with the Cork Senior Ladies Football setup this year. Thanks very much, Jer. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Irish Senior Basketball International Claire Melia is preparing for the Address UCC Glanmire's Paddy O'Connor Women's National Cup Final against DCU Mercy this weekend. Melia and her head coach Mark Scannell spoke to me on the Big Red Bench about the biggest game of the season for the Address UCC Glanmire Club, who are grateful for the sponsorship and support of Owen Daly of the Address Four Star Hotel in Cork and Christina Donovan of UCC Sport. Ahead of this weekend's Paddy O'Connor Women's National Basketball Cup Final, the Address UCC Glanmire taking on DCU Mercy um, on Sunday, January 23rd. It's live on TNG as well at 20 past five tip-off. We're delighted to be joined on the line here on the Big Red Bench by Irish International Claire Melia. Claire, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, thank you for taking time out of a very busy and hectic and probably um, you know intense schedule in the week before a national cup final. Can I ask you first of all, just the week of a cup final like this, is it does it feel different, or are yourself and Mark Scannell, your head coach and players, just trying to treat it as a normal week as much as you possibly can? Uh, just trying to treat it as a normal week. Sure, it's just like another game. You want to go out and win it and try your best. Yeah, you're taking on DCU Mercy, a team you know quite well. This is a really, really tough opponent to have in a, in a National Cup final. Yeah, we played them, um, I think it was back, it was in December, and we only bet them by three points. Uh, but looking back on that game, we have a lot of things to improve on as well, especially our defence, so hopefully that can help us this again. Indeed, and another good thing for you and from your point of view, Claire, is that UCC Glenmire are having a right tough run in as they as they come to that final. You defeated Singleton Super Value Brunel in the semi final, and you played them um, just this past weekend as well uh, in another tight tough game in the women's Super League. Yeah, it's good to get, have a tough game coming up to it, so you're not uh, beating teams by too much. And even played Wildcats on Wednesday, so. That game was to sort of get two points ahead in the league and then winning the game on Saturday as well helped us uh, get back up on top by five points. So it was good to get two tough games before the final. Does it help when you have that cushion at the top of the table, Claire, um, that you can just shut off from the league now completely, just temporarily, and just focus completely on the cup? 
Uh, yeah, it's more sort of confident than anything. You know, you're not worrying about uh, catching back up on games because uh, we had two losses this year, so that obviously set us back a bit. So it's good to be back up on top again. Indeed, it is now ninety two eighty one. Um, it was a tight. It sounds like it was a tighter game than that scoreline suggested, even from the reports from the game between yourselves and Super Value Brunel this past weekend. Is that what you want, though? I mean, you want to be tested. You want to make make those mistakes, but win the game and then work on them before the cup final itself. Yeah, it's good to have close games because obviously it puts you under more pressure and it puts you up to a test. Hopefully, it won't be too close on Sunday, <laughs> but it probably will be. So it just gets you prepared for games like that. Claire, are you being reminded of the fact, um, like I'm about to remind you, he said, the address UCC, or sorry, UCC Glanmire have not won the National Cup since that famous four in a row back in 2017. Is that something that's cropped up that people are saying to you a lot? Uh, not to me anyways, I don't know whether, <laughs> maybe because I'm not down in Cork, but maybe saying it to the girls or that, but they just go out and treat it as another game and go out and try winning. How happy are you with your own form? Because for somebody that's won three Player of the Month awards throughout this season, um, it's it it seems like a very intense women's super league this season, and, to, and when I say intense, there's three or four or five clubs up near the top behind you that are chasing you. How have you? How happy are you with your own form? First of all, oh, yeah, it's obviously good in the first year down there, but she won't be able to get any of them without having the team around you, like like Vanya, McKenna, and Casey Grace, and then Carrie Shepherd. Like I could name the whole team out because everyone plays so well, and just makes the game so enjoyable. Like and just the support from the club down there, like even not just the players, like from the management as well, like Mark, uh, Kenneth and Ronan and then, you know, Jimmy and Timmy and Connie are always at training as well. So it's just the whole support down there just makes it an enjoyable club to play for. Was that one of the main reasons for agreeing to join uh, Claire in the first place, that you'd have that support network and you'd have that calibre of player alongside you? Um, Yeah, it would have been. I remember when I went down first, I didn't even feel like I was new down there. Like I would have played with some of the girls on Irish teams and I always wanted to be coached by Mark Scannell and I thought I would have got that chance with the senior Irish team in 2018 but I was only coming back from my ACL so instead I go down and <laughs> get coached by him anyways for a year or two and see what happens after that. And But yeah, it's just such a nice club to play for and enjoyable and you just feel so like welcome there and just enjoyable. Mark Scannell is an interesting case study. Uh, we interviewed him for this week's podcast as well as a basketball coach. I mean, his record speaks for itself. But as an individual, as a person, he seems like he comes across to me as a very good man manager and somebody that listens to his players. Have you, have you found that? Oh, yeah. He's so accommodating as well. Like, in anything, you know, training, if he says something and if we saw something different on the court, like, he listens and, you know, you talk about it. It's not his way and that's it. Like, he, whatever we're comfortable with, it works best for the team. That's what he does. Um, you've had a few players um, coming and going over the past couple of years from the American side of things uh, Carrie Shepard as you mentioned and uh, Jarlene Duran obviously uh, that didn't work out and she moved on but you've since brought in Tierney Fuhrman um, um, who had experience of playing in Germany she seems to have seamlessly fitted right in I mean is that is that fair I mean for somebody with her talent obviously but joining such a talented team it can't have been easy Yeah it's, she's a great player she's a great shooter I'm sure she can do more but you're only your first game there uh, during the week last week so it'll take her a bit of time even just to you know, get used to playing in around us we're often playing together for the last few months so but she seems to fit in like she doesn't <laughs> seem like she's new at all um, but yeah she hopefully is enjoying it and getting along with everyone 
you mentioned your ACL injury, Claire, and I don't want to kind of dwell on it. Like it's a very difficult injury for any sports person or athlete to un, uh, to suffer and to come back from. How how have you? Obviously, the rehab is working out because you're playing so well. But how difficult did you find that rehab process? And how happy are you to be back? Um, I wasn't a person to ever do much strength conditioning, so that was a big thing for me to, you know, get into the gym and stuff when I was doing the rehab. But um, it was nearly more mentally getting back. Was tougher than physically. Like you know, you do all the different things that your physio will tell you, and you meet different milestones or whatever. But it's more, you know, turning and things like and just little things when you're playing and running at full speed. It's more mental than physical. I think getting back on the course. Well, thank God, <laughs> I think I'm getting back there anyway. <laughs> oh, I think you certainly are. I mean, your form as well, uh, just individually, was part of such a team. Like it's it's one thing to play with UCC Glanbury. It's another thing to earn your starting spot there. Do you feel that this this level of competition for places in the panel in the squad now means that it's pushing you to be at your best all the time? Yeah, like I just you know, you'd have a few talks to yourself. So even when I was younger, like I was just saying that. I used to be going and watching the likes of Anya and Casey playing up in the arena in the cup finals and you know, like, oh, imagine <laughs> playing with a big club like Lamire or whatever. So, yeah, it's a great feeling to be down there and getting better each day. Yeah, you're certainly doing that and so are Glanmire. Um, before we finish up, I just want to kind of briefly look ahead on the Irish international scene. Um, obviously, you know all about international basketball, but what are the hopes uh, beyond the Cup Final and Super League this year, depending on how UCC Glanmire go on the international front that you'd be hoping to achieve? Um, I think our next game anyways, is in November, so I think we'll have a few training sessions during the summer sort of to, to you know, stick together and train a bit together. But I think the the competition that we're in isn't going to you're not going to go out and win too much in your first year that I think it's more of a development sort of thing over a four or five year period. So it's important to get the younger players in, you know, that'll be there for the next few years to work together and get used to playing with each other and hopefully do well soon enough. But it's a process like you're gonna to have to just lose some games before you get better and learn from them. Indeed, and no better person to be part of that Irish international setup than yourself, Claire. Listen, um, on Sunday, uh, it's the Paddy O'Connor Women's National Basketball Cup final between the address UCC Glanmire and DCU Mercy, with uh, uh, live on TG, on TG Gahar as well on Sunday afternoon. Um, we here on the Big Red Bench will have our fingers crossed for UCC Glanmire. We wish you and your team and Mark Scannell all the best. Thanks, Melissa. Joined on the line now by the address UCC Glanmire head coach, uh, Mark Scannell. Mark, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. How are you? Very good now, thanks. Busy busy couple of weeks, but uh, should we, we enjoy those kind of weeks. Yeah, I was just going to say, things. this is really what you call the cliche, the business end of the season for the address UCC Glanmire. Not alone are you preparing for the Paddy O'Connor Women's National Cup Final against DCU Mercy, but you've also got a huge game this weekend um, in the Women's Super League against a team that you know quite well at this stage, Singleton Super Value Brunel, who you beat in the semi-finals. Rather than just focusing on that one particular match, how happy are you with your team's form and where your team and where your full squad and team are at at this time of the year? Um, yeah, we're very happy. It's um, it's been a very kind of a stop start season, I suppose, in the early part of it, and obviously with 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 the COVID and everything, it 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 upset a lot of people's preparations, and you know all teams had to suffer in different ways. Um, lack of ability to train, cases, you know, the usual. But I I think we've all kind of just done the best we can to try and keep our teams taking over the best way that we could. 
I know, thankfully for us, touch wood, um, you know, the team just seems to be gelling and, and, and sort of reaching form kind of at the right time, you know. Um, there's a good camaraderie there. there there's, there's, there's a very, very good focus and kind of good buzz in the squad. And, um, you know, the matches are coming thick and fast. And I think we haven't time to focus on too much ahead. It's kind of one game at a time and every game seems to be a big game. And um, we've always enjoyed that. And I think players enjoy that. They enjoy when they're, when they're going to training and there's something at the end of that week that's very special. And then, you know, you move on to the next game and the next game and so on. And that's kind of the way we've treated it. And it, it's worked well for us now over the last couple of weeks. Mark, we spoke to your captain, Anya McKenna, last week on the podcast about how difficult COVID was for players. How hard was it for coaches like yourself? Because indoor sports were hit the hardest. I mean, outdoor sports were able to go back training at a certain point, you know, distance training, whatever. But from your point of view, I mean, you need to be on the court, you need to be training, you need to be coming up with, with schemes and with, with screens and everything you need to prepare for you know, going back. I mean, how diff- have you ever known a more difficult time as a coach? Well, it was difficult from a point of view that you didn't have that much contact with your players, obviously, and, and we did try to do some remote stuff, and that was difficult. And, um, you know, people kind of got fed up with that, I thought, after a while, Zoom calls and, 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 and podcasts and all that type of stuff. You know, you can only do so much of that. You know, people needed needed to get into the gym and, 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 and get working out. And eventually we got back to that stage where we were able to work in pods and work as individuals. Um, but it was very difficult because the big thing about basketball and all team sport really is 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 the team the team scenario and and the camaraderie and 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 the interaction between the players. So it was difficult. Look, I suppose I've been looking. I've been doing this a long time, and you know a lot of my players are very experienced, and they did a really good job with the younger players, keeping them, um, you know, keeping them going and and keeping them motivated during that time. But it was look, it was a new learning for all of us. It's the one thing I think it did do for a lot of us is it helped us to appreciate, you know, what we have. You know, mm. sometimes we never wrote about it because, you know, oh, here we go again, we have to go train, you know. But, but like, we couldn't wait to get back. And I think that was really important that everybody wanted to be doing it again, you know, out training, you know, out getting in the cars, going to the games, you know, challenging ourselves. You know, it was it was great to get back to it. And I think that was the big thing that we got from it. We got the kind of appreciation of it. And um, I think for, for all the younger kids in the club, it was great as well for them to get back playing and then get back watching the team playing. And, and you know, it just gave people a kind of a, a kind of a new lease of life there over the last couple of months in particular. Certainly did. Um, you needed that new, new lease of life because in the semi-final of the Paddy O'Connor Women's National Cup, you played Singleton Super Value Brunel. You were four points up going to the fourth quarter. Your eventual 92-82 victory, was it down to experience or was it down to just having the strength off the bench to kick for you know to kick for home and having that experience of doing it before? I think it was a bit of everything like that. You know, everything you said there is important. But, uh, you know, the one thing that we've been doing all year, this team has been scoring the ball well, you know. Uh, we get a lot of good looks. Um, we have a lot of different people every week that can score the ball. You know, we've been average over, over 90 points a game. And like in the women's super league, if 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 you can score that type of those type of points, you're usually there or thereabouts, you know. Um, like I've coached a lot of really good Glamour teams down through the years, you know. We've had a lot of great players down through the years, and we've been very lucky from that point of view. Um, but there's something special about this group, you know. That it's it's never the same person every night. Like different people come out, and they you know they find different ways. Our younger players, like Amy Judy in particular, like the year for long. 
people like that have done fantastic for us over the last couple of months. You know, I mean, Anya and Casey and Carrie and, um, you know, we, we kind of know what they bring to the table every night. You know, Claire Mead is a very special player for us. Um, but, you know, the younger ones coming through, really, that, that, that's been the key, I think, to the team. We, we've got, like you said there a while ago, I think we got 30 points off the bench. Miriam Lockery and, and Amy and, and, and me, I think, at 31 points between them the other night was just phenomenal for our team. And, um, you know, that's been, that's been the kind of, people have been pushing one another in training. People are, they want minutes, they want to play. Like, Annalise is out injured, you know, and so is Louise. And they're two big players for us as well. So those people we know have given the others the opportunity. And I think, I think that has been the key. Like Brunel was very good the other night. They, they gave us, they, you know, they really tested us and they, you know, they pushed us to the limits really. And that's what you want in big games. You want to see how your team performs, you know, when the lights come on, as I always say. And like, you know, we stood up to the challenge. And again, oh, we'll have another big challenge um, tomorrow in the league. It's a different game again. It's, a, it's, it's on a different court. And um, you know, it, it, they'll be very motivated, I presume, because they, you know, like they'll they'll be hurt after last week, and uh, we have to be ready for that. You have a new American player with a lot of experience uh, of European basketball, Tierney Furman, uh, who has joined up with you. Know how is she settling in, and how how good a player is she, Mark? Yeah, we've been very lucky with uh, Tierney. She um, she just happened to, to, to there was a, there was a problem with a team that she was with in Luxembourg, and she just became available there just after Christmas. Ironically, she had the same agent of the girl that we um, that 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 left over Christmas. That was very homesick, Jalen. You know, mm. so um, it was just very. We were very lucky that she she um, she lives in Germany and um, she was available, and we were able to get her in on a, on, on a sort of a cheap flight. You know, to be honest, so it, it worked out from a time frame. It was very it was very very good for our team that she became available. She's been great since she came in. She's been a breath of fresh air. Fitted in really well. The girls love playing with her. Uh, she has a lot of experience, and you know, she she with all her injuries, um, she she really came in at the right time, and she gives us a little bit of depth again. Excellent stuff. Look, I know you've got a huge game this weekend against Singleton Super Value Brunel once again. It's another derby. It's a big game at the top of the, up the top of the Super League. But can I just ask you, looking ahead to that Women's National Cup final, how exciting is that going to be the build-up? Now, you've got a huge test against DCU Mercy. What kind of challenge are they going to pose? And how much are you and your players looking forward, once this weekend is out of the way, to playing in a National Cup final? Well, look, we, we again, we try to take one game at a time. But to be honest, and I, I'm, I'm not lying here, like, I really haven't thought about TCU too much. I, I'll start doing that from Sunday on. But, um, but you know, we know we know what TCU bring. They gave us a hell of a game uh, about three or four weeks ago there in, in, in the Mardike. It was a great game. We, we got over the line in the end. There's never more than a drop of a ball between both our teams. You know, we've played in a lot of league finals, a lot of cup finals down through the years. Um, we're very excited, I'd be honest, to get back to the cup final. You know, it's been a while. It's been too long for our team not to be there. You know, 2018 was the last time we were there. Uh, that time we were going for five in a row, which was which was very unique. Um, and we we lost that game on the drop of a ball at the end of the game. You know, it was it was a phenomenal game of basketball. Um, I remember we came it came down to we the American Ashley Prim. She was brilliant on the day, and she had a three point shot at the end. It was a really that rimmed out. So that was that was a fantastic game of ball, and you know we were very hurt after it, and it was disappointing. But at the same time, it was a game that we were we were excellent in. They were excellent. It was a brilliant game of basketball, and it could have gone either way down the stretch. 
So look, we we hopefully will have a little bit of a little bit of revenge for that in in the back of our mind when we meet again Sunday week. But um, look, it's it's going to be tough. We we'll have to be ready. We'll have to be very creative because Mark Ingle is a good coach and he always comes up with a, a very good game plan. And we'll have to make sure that like like we're ready for anything that they throw at us. And hopefully we will be. You know, um, you know, I have a good 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 group around me. Ronan O'Sullivan does a fantastic job as my assistant coach. And Kenny Clark is, does the strength and conditioning with the girls, and um, you know we're in good shape, and 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 they'll bring a lot to the table now over the next seven or eight days, and uh, with our experience and our and the players that we have, hopefully we we'll we'll go out there, you know, with a good game plan, and uh, with with a lot of confidence, and with the help of God, we get over the line. Well, listen, Mark, it's been brilliant talking to you, and thank you for your time because I know how busy uh, a busy a coach and a man you are. Everybody in the big red bench will be hoping that you can pull off that uh, National Cup victory Saturday week against TCU Mercy and listen all the best and good luck and hopefully we get a chance to talk to you afterwards Thanks very much sure. much appreciated thank you Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM We're not be overwhelmed Dunboyne to qualify for the 2022 current account.ie All-Ireland LGFA Senior Club Final last weekend the Big Red Bench was in Mourne Abbey to get the reaction from a one-sided victory for the three in a row chasing All-Ireland champions Mourne Abbey. I spoke to Dunmoyne manager Brendan Quinn, Meath Inter-County stars Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan, Mourne Abbey manager Shane Ronane, plus Mourne Abbey players Darren O'Sullivan, Laura Fitzgerald and winning captain Breed O'Sullivan. Right, and a momentous day for Mourne Abbey back in over All-Ireland final 6-17 to not 5 You can hear the crew and the players mad behind me, but Shane Ronane, you wanted to mention two very important people. Yeah, look, Jorah, um, I suppose look, it's a huge day for us here today, but um, a very sad week for the country. And, you know, I, I'd like to, on behalf of myself and everyone in Mourne Abbey and everybody involved in the Cork Senior Ladies team, to express our sincere condolences to Ashley Murphy's family. Um, a terrible tragedy, and, you know, I think it's brought the country, you know, it's, it's opened up people's eyes to what's, what can be happening in this country. And I think, you know, it's very, very poignant to see all the vigils around the country. And, look, it's a very, very sad time for all those people who know her, especially her. We have a lot of teachers there in the squad, you know, it's very hard for those teachers in our school and for her kids the school as well so look our heartfelt condolences go out to our family and look also Jor, um, a very poignant weekend as well uh, it's one year since Eamon passed and uh, you know we are thinking of him thinking of him all the time especially at the moment and when you see days like today when we're playing great football and so many girls out there who soldier for Eamon and look we're, our, our, our thoughts are with Eamon's family this weekend uh, and I think everybody in the whole country got to see what Eamon meant uh, to everybody in that brilliant documentary over Christmas Jor. Let's talk about your team Laura Fisher will get the headlines for the four goals but once again turnovers defense what you've been working all the way through the Cork and the Munster Championships this in my opinion was your best defensive performance of the year Absolutely look we I suppose we were reading a lot, a lot about what, what, the, what the Mead players would bring to you know Vicky and, and Emma look they're super players but I think there's more I saw one thing um, after one of their one of their games you know is it fair to have the two of them on one club team but like it, it, that's not what a team is a team is more than, more, than, more, than, more than a couple of players and we think we have got uh, so many match winners in our squad and I think what Breed O'Sullivan the job she did on Vicky Wall today was outstanding Emer Meany full back on Emma Duggan, uh, you know, unbelievable. Like you know, the amount of turnover. Emer had five turnovers herself, herself in the first half, and Breed kept Vicky, you know, to you know put so much pressure on her and kept with her for the whole game. So look, we're absolutely thrilled. Our scoring exploits, like we, I think we created. I was, my stats man was telling me there, 35, 36 scoring chances. Like that's incredible for for um for any group in, in a period of time. Uh, and um you know, and we limited them. 
him I think to 11 scoring chances like that's outstanding defence and a standing attacking play and I think all over the field um, we were here Wednesday night training and I cut it short it was going so well and we were just bouncing and I think they were they're so focused at this stage they know what they've got to do they've known they've, look we've one more uh, one more game to play um, it's going to be it's going to be that's going to be an unbelievable battle I suppose the one thing is we're, we're a small little bit worried that we haven't been uh, tested so hard mm. so far and I don't mean that disrespectful to any yeah. team but look maybe it's the fact that we're playing so well as well George so look we're delighted with the all-round team performance there you know subs coming on making a difference again Ashton Cronin came on there like you know she was very disappointed her nights not to start like but she's played she played brilliantly here against Cork last Sunday what a performance when she went down from the very first ball and look I think that's the beauty of what we have at the moment we have a very strong squad we're not overly worried if, if a player is injured and I think you know we've got so many good players all over the field as I said to you no one or two players makes any team um, well on behalf of everybody in the big red bench we're delighted to see you back in another all-earned final we're looking forward to covering after you well done Shane thanks very much John. done by manager Brendan Quinn very graciously joining us here on the big red bench just after their all-Ireland semi-final defeat Brendan first of all I suppose look there's no way of putting it other than Moran Abbey were excellent today um, this is still a very very good Dunboyne team and a team on the up but you had to play you had to admit that this, today was Moran Abbey's day I thought they were very lucky <laughs> oh, Moran Abbey were superb from start to finish um, the project wasn't the position the pitch where we, we, we won the battle today and you have to give them huge credit for that from the, right from the off um, took their scores took their opportunities tackled hard physical the way you're just really strong really strong so like we were felt we were in good shape coming into it maybe six weeks too late for us from a, after the game you'd say that but no no they were fantastic have to give them credit you got off to a bad start I mean if you can see two goals in the early stages of a team like this other than that though I mean you were you, you were you were pulling as much as you possibly could in the first ten minutes yeah we probably got back into it by the end of the first quarter close to it um, but they didn't stop they were relentless I mean they got their chances you know they suck, they sought out the goal opportunities very well and we probably had a bad spell with kick outs then for a while where we didn't contest them that well but they punished every time you know what I mean so you know we just, there's videos we looked at there for a lot for us to learn from watching them to be honest nothing yeah. but we learned about ourselves but you'd watch them the way they played football they challenged every ball like the girl in the corner there threw herself at a ball at the end she gave a free away but she threw herself at the ball brilliantly so you'd have to commend everything from them but from your point of view today's a disappointing day but you beat Foxtrot Kevin Tilly to get here you've had a good season and a very good season sorry excuse me to get to this point where are Dunboyne heading into next year I know you want to forget about this now as soon as you can but this is a good team that you have still this will be forgotten fairly quickly I hope um, but no we had a chat with the guards there we have to remember that we just won our second county title ever in a row we've just won Leinster um, if someone told us at the start of the year you're going to beat Fox Rock in a Leinster final we'd probably be delighted but the ambition of the group is strong um, so we came here today expecting to win um, and we'll come back next year hopefully and get some stage like this if we can thanks very much Brian. appreciate that Vicky Wall a disappointing day and a disappointing result but this Dunboyne team has made great strides to come out of Leinster and to get to this stage uh, as disappointed as you are can, the, the future remains bright for what is a very young team yeah disappointing being the key word there but uh, yeah look I suppose we weren't under any illusions of the team we were coming down to play today and you know you can say that we didn't we didn't perform to our standards today but can't take anything away from Warren Abbey today better side won um, and it's, it's still a loss at the end Today it's not easy to take, but um, yeah, future is bright. Like we've a, we've a very young team, and a few of them came in there the last few minutes. And you know, maybe in me, they're used to us com- they're used to coming on when we're we're winning and kind of clean- seeing out a game. Whereas that's the complete opposite there. So look, I'm proud of every single one of the girls that puts on a jersey today, every single day, win, lose, or draw. So yeah, there's a bright future for them. Win. Uh, Emma Duggan, you hit the crossbar twice <laughs> in the last few minutes. Just, just twice, was it? <laughs> just to show you how frustrating it is. It is a frustrating day, but look, you were up against a really, really good team and a team that's going for the 
the third all Ireland in a row. Yeah, I think the cro- hitting the crossbar probably summed it up a little bit. Um, it just wasn't happening for us today. Um, ball wasn't going over the line clearly. But look, like Vicky said, um, really, really proud of the girls. The, the journey that we've come on. Um, we mentioned over there we've been on probably seven years now. We started off in, as a junior team and now we're competing with the best team in the country without a shadow of a doubt I think they showed how good they are today and like Vicky said you can't take anything away from them um, I think they taught us a few tough lessons out there today and we'll learn from them and we'll be back again next year um, And just on inter-county side of things you and Vicky and your me team lit up the Ladies Senior Football Championship last year deserving All-Ireland winners a fantastic moment for your county but also a fantastic moment for Ladies Football how much are you looking forward to 2022 and getting back to defend that title? Very much looking forward to it now after that, <laughs> getting back straight back into it. Um, yeah, look, really looking forward to it. I think we, the, there's a big hunger in that group now this year as well to defend that title, like you said, and, and really prove that you know we weren't just a so-called one-season wonder or whatever you want to call it. Um, we want to go on and we want to retain the title again, and that's going to be the big challenge for us next year. We probably have you know, a different challenge facing us this year. We're not going to go under the cushion a season or yeah. go as underdogs, so... Um, um, you know, we'll take it in our stride and, and hopefully another successful year to come. Same for you, Vicky. Looking forward to putting the me jersey back on? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we'll have one or two days now after this to kind of come down from it all and then straight back to, to county training. And um, yeah, look, I suppose um, it's been really nice to get up this long of a journey with our club. We know that everyone doesn't, like, not everyone gets to do this and we've been lucky enough to do it for a few years now. Um, but yeah, always looking forward to getting back into Mead and looking to push ourselves further and kind of improve ourselves this year, definitely. Well, listen, thanks for your time and the very best of luck next year. Thanks, Thank you. Darren O'Sullivan, congratulations. Another All-Ireland final, but a really, really, I think you'd be the first to understand this as well, a really, really fantastic team performance today. Yeah, look, I think from 1 to 15 and to the girls who came on, it was uh, a very good performance. Um, Look, Dunboyne are a super team. They're, they're star-studded and they proved that with Mead uh, inter- at inter-county level this year. And they, they did put it up to us. I don't think the scoreboard um, gives um, Dunboyne credit for how hard it was out there today. But we're really proud as a club here today to be down in Mornabbey and, and put a performance like that on for, for the community. Laura Fister knocking in four goals again. She can't stop scoring. She's going to get all the headlines, which she, I know she'll love. But your defence today was outstanding. Yeah, look, um, when you've the likes of Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan um, in the forward line, we put a lot of work into that. And it wasn't just on the girls that were marking them. It was help defence. The next player was in. We all work extremely hard from 1 to 15. Um, and look, you don't get your place on the team if you're not willing to put that work in. Um, Shane has made that clear since the, the start. If you're not willing to put in those tackles, um, I think against um, Dunamine a couple of years ago down here we were down I think six or seven points at half time and we got three tackles in in the first half so um, I think that often reflects the scoreboard how many tackles you're getting in and how hard you're working um, does have a bearing on the scoreboard and finally you celebrate this tonight but an all-earned final to prepare for yeah absolutely look these don't come around too much so as you said we'll definitely celebrate tonight uh, we'll be home tucked up at 8 o'clock um, but look we've two weeks of serious preparation to do um, I'm not sure who came out the other side I don't think it's over yet um, but look um, our management team um, will set up recovery and they'll do video analysis and all that and it'll be a very professional setup. up for for the next two weeks. Well, everybody in the big red bench is delighted for you and we look forward to that Aaron find. Well done. Thanks very much. Uh, Laura Fitzgerald, we've had a couple of after-match interviews where you've knocked in hat-tricks in consecutive <laughs> matches and now you've knocked in four goals in All-Ireland semi-final. How does that sound? Um, obviously, <laughs> can't complain. Um, but look, same as the last day, it was literally all down to the girls out, out the field. Um, like, they were a serious outfit today. Um, I know the scoreboard, like, probably 
makes it sound easier than what it actually was but like they were they were physical like they were really up for it um, but like since the last game we had really worked on starting the plays coming out from the back and really working it forward and like literally being 100% in front of goals I don't know what our percentages were in front of goals but um, uh, pretty good Laura yeah yeah <laughs> um, like that's what we'd worked on because um, we knew against a side like that we had to be really really clinical and like it probably showed that um, out there today but um, the, the work that went in for the last two weeks it kind of showed out in field there today yeah team effort because that's the thing your defence was on top from, yeah. from full back line all the way through I know you were there to finish off the scores but like the moves to get the ball to you but the way you've been defending and the way you've been turning over possession it must be great as a forward when you see that defence winning the ball and coming over with it oh, 100% I mean like getting a block or like Maeve getting a save down below it's it's almost like getting a score up the field like Maeve pulled off a great save there in the first half and just the crowd got behind us it was it was as if we scored a goal yeah. it was incredible um, so massive thank you to the crowd as well like they were really really um, behind us today um, but like literally the work rate from 1 to 15 whoever's on the field was um, 100% and and like that's what we've been asking for since the start of the year and people really showed it out there today another All-Ireland final I'm only going to celebrate this one out tonight but another All-Ireland final the, the opportunity to win three in a row I mean it's a fantastic run that you're on but to maintain that run a huge amount of work has gone into training and especially coming through Munster and the challenges that you've had must be really by though um, and, and you know encouraged by today's performance let alone the scoreboard oh definitely I mean we're probably talking about 12 months work at this stage um, like we all put in our own work um, before coming back to group training at the start of last year um, it showed when we came back to group training everyone was hopping off the ground and just for everyone like even the, the effort that everyone put in over Christmas um, like we literally um put ourselves into lockdown like you know mind yourselves make sure that we had numbers of training um, mind yourselves as best as we could and just the effort that was put in over training like we weren't really used to it going back um, the previous years but it really really showed out there today and everyone's effort from one to however many we have on the panel all the management um, it was it was incredible and it just showed out there again today Well listen congratulations everybody in the big red bench is delighted for you and we'll see you in the All-Ireland Final Thanks very much can't wait. Cheers Frito Sullivan the opportunity to win three in a row All-Ireland Finals is now there because you've reached the All-Ireland Final on the back of a terrific team performance and that's the thing it was a real team performance to beat Dunboyne today you must be thrilled Yeah absolutely um, you know we knew coming in that it was going to be a tough battle and maybe the scoreboard today doesn't reflect how tough it actually was out there um, you know the conditions were hard the pitch was soft um, but as you said like it was an excellent team performance um, you know I'd love to see how many players got their name on the scoreboard there today you know the forward play was absolutely excellent and um, um, you know, our backs speak for themselves. You know, Dunboy only scored five points and they're absolutely brilliant as well. You got off to a good start and you, you've done that in a lot of the games throughout Munster Championship as well and in that second quarter you've kicked on. But you must be delighted with the, the defensive effort as you, meant, as you mentioned to keep it to five points but the way you came out with the ball and distributed it into the forwards, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we've so many players that are so comfortable in possession and um, I think that comes with experience as well. You know, um, on All-Ireland semi-final day you might be a bit nervous but, you know, that could couldn't be seen from anyone out there today and um, the handling and everything was brilliant and um, you know great credit is due to all the backs as well for for, the, for their play today. How happy are you as well to get to play it here in Morn Abbey and in front of a huge crowd? Yeah you know um, it really is you know it really was an advantage to us today and um, we've played loads of big games over over the years here and I actually don't think that we've lost any of them so you know we knew that that was an advantage for us coming down today and as for our supporters it didn't matter whether it was on here or whether it was on up in Dunboyne they would have been there anyway um, but we just want to thank them as well for their support today Well congratulations Bria Sullivan looking forward to that Aaron final well done Thanks a million That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast 
Remember to subscribe to The Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to The Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow The Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.